Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Arm Regner. This is episode 96, and we have, uh, actually, we have some Olympian Team USA members, and I'm really excited to have both of them here, but of course, before we get to, I will say Danny and Alex, the formal introduction, I will say your last names. There's Cindy right here behind me. We have a live audience today, too. This is this is a very special podcast. We're not used to uh, working. Andrew's here. He's quiet as usual, running the, uh, running the game. So before, though, we all know that the Red and White Authority is brought to you by Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always time for hockey and always time for Labatt Blue. It's always red, white, and blue. So... I want to remind you, get your limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light Detroit Red Wing cans. Get them while they're cold. And as always, enjoy our premium beer responsibly. Uh, let's bring in Alex Rigsby, goaltender for Team USA, and Danny Cameronisi, forward for Team USA. Ladies, welcome to the Red and White Authority. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Beautiful. Excited to be here. Yeah, great. <laughs> that was pretty good, you know. I mean, you, you know. So let's uh, let's begin. I know that you're going to play Team Canada in a series, two games in Canada, and then the third game will be here. It'll be uh, against uh, Team Canada, obviously, on the 17th, Sunday afternoon, noon face-off, uh, and then the Red Wings will play the Philadelphia Flyers. I want to ask you something it's seriously, and we'll get into how you became hockey players. Canada and the United States, it's the longest open border in the world. If you grew up in Detroit or a border town like I have, you know, you love Canadians. You know, I consider them Americans, and I know they hate to hear that, but I do, and you know, just, it's just a wonderful country, visited many, many times. Yet, when Team USA and Team Canada get together on the ice, I hate them. I want Team USA to win so badly. Do you feel the same way? I mean, I mean because, you know, you're, you're playing for your country, but there just seems to be, especially in the women's rivalry, I mean, I know all the guys know each other, they're almost all NHL players and half teammates, but when Team USA and Team Canada hook up on the ice, when, when the ladies are going at it, uh, man, it seems like there's a lot of bad blood. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's very intense. It's, it's a fun game to play in. It's competitive, and we bring it every single time. But it's funny that you say that the NHL guys, you know, they know each other. And I feel like as, you know, you continue to play against each other and playing in, you know, the professional leagues as well, outside of the national team, you get to know these Team Canada players. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I had this totally different perception of you. And then I go and become teammates with them. But, um, you know, you obviously respect each other. But then when it comes game time where it's Team USA, Team Canada, everything's out on the line. You're, you're not holding back for anything. Okay, Danny, how about you? I mean, <laughs> you just don't like him, it looks like. I mean, uh... <laughs> not at all. I mean, it's like she said, it's a really intense game. I personally don't know um, a lot of them very well off ice um, since I play here in the States and she plays in the CWHL. But um, yeah, very intense games all the time. There's um, some bad blood when it comes to on ice stuff, but like she said, they're all great players off ice and 
we're all working towards a common goal of um, expanding women's hockey. So is is there trash talking? I mean, will you will you do you try to get inside someone's head? You know, playing goal, I would imagine it might be tougher for you to maybe trash talk because you know the game's pretty much in front of you. You're a forward. I mean, you can probably sit there and just be a chatterbox if you want. I could if I wanted to, but I'm not. Oh, there, there's some, I'm not. There's some people on our team who are. Some people try and trash talk me, and I just laugh. Really? Yeah, laughing makes people angry. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there's not much contact in in the women's game. I mean, do you do you ever want to slug somebody? Have you ever kind of lost your cool out there? And it would probably be only. I mean, when you're beating like Team China, like 50 to nothing or whatever the score is, chances are you're probably just going through your motions and going through the game. But when you're playing Team Canada. You know, and everyone gets kind of a little lippy. I mean, is it time to, you know, throw an elbow or, you know, whatever? I mean, it gets heated out there. I mean, especially as a goalie, too. Like, if I start getting, you know, kind of people in my crease, I'll be, you know, jabbing at them and whatnot. But um, at the same time, you have to kind of keep your cool so you're not, you know, getting your emotions too high. Um, and just continue to focus on what you're there to do and, and play your game. But it definitely, uh, there's some battling out there. There's, it's very physical. From my perspective, I'm watching people get rubbed off on walls and you know, hit in the corners and stuff. So it definitely is a physical game. You know, I've always heard from goalies that one of the advantages they have playing goal is, is that you can basically trash talk and say things and throw your stick around or you know, give a good chop. But you always have the defensemen or the forwards always come in and break it up. So you're almost immune to any kind of physical activity. <laughs> and plus you have a bunch of equipment on. I mean, do you find that that works out to your advantage? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first person that comes to mind for me is uh, Detroit's hometown hero, Megan Keller. She's always coming into the battle. Um, you know, I cover that puck. There's someone on me. She's right there knocking them over. So um, she's definitely a, a brood out there. And, you know, Casey Bellamy, I'm, I'm really lucky to have defensemen who have my back. And, you know, I don't have to worry about getting hit from behind or anything like that. What? So, so when, you know, when Megan comes in or, or Casey, do you, are you standing up like behind him going, yeah, yeah, take that? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, you can be really big and brave when, you know, you've got these, you know, two, uh, you know, high class uh, defensemen right in front of you. No, I mean, I just kind of skate away. I'm like, oh, they got this. <laughs> so, Danny, as you're laughing away, uh, are, do you have your guard up, though? Do you think, ah, oh, you know, I'm. I'm kind of, all I've been doing is laughing at so-and-so from Team Canada the whole game. She's going to hit me. Um, no, I wouldn't say I have my guard up. I, I have been destroyed a few times. I think there's one time in um, the Olympic gold medal game, like first few shifts in, got rocked pretty hard. But I saw it coming, and I tried to do my best to take the hit. But she was just a lot bigger than I am. But um, no, not don't have my guard up. But like she said, I'm I'm usually in there trying to, break up a fight with Keller, Megan Keller and Hannah Brandt, trying to come to their aid every once in a while, keep the peace. <laughs> when, when you're playing, and as you know, the, the U.S. women's soccer team, when they won the, the World Cup and the gold, and you know, Brandy Chastain, the famous picture, you know, like celebrating and all that, that that did a lot for the evolution of women's sports and in the United States, unfortunately, where it's probably not even till this day, although it's really evolved since I was a, since I was a little kid, but it's probably not where it should be. And when you win and you know, you're every time I look and I, you know, I actually follow this, believe it or not, you're winning world championships all the time. Team USA, 
the couple Olympics, you know, they, you, you got the gold this time, and I remember the first Olympics or whatever, you win the gold, and then Canada, you know, dramatic comebacks or weirdness happens and all that, and they kind of win the gold. I guess my question is, since you've won the gold, have you noticed an uptick in in women's hockey in the United States? Has it really kind of elevated it, or are Americans' attention spans so short that, no, that was nice, that was great. I mean, because the whole country was glued to that game, that gold medal game, and then, you know, the shootout and everybody went in and all that kind of stuff. But have you noticed, as I said, a bit of an uptick? Yeah, um, there actually have been noticeable increases in um, um, people signing up for hockey. So in numbers, so that that's really exciting. And when we came back, um, uh, we went to a lot of clinics for young girls, and a lot of them may have never played hockey before or came out on the ice. And um, it's just really cool to see that there has been a lot of growth from our game, um, and especially since um, Kendall Coyne was at the NHL All-Star Game and Brianna Decker were there. And, and since then, we've seen a lot of stuff on social media about um, young kids wanting to get involved and young girls wanting to get involved in hockey and um, it's pretty cool to see that was kind of one of our missions coming back from it is to to help grow the game so and this will be my, my last question you know there used to be like the three m's for hockey michigan massachusetts and minnesota now one of you is from minnesota one of you is from wisconsin so let me ask you this in all honesty why does the state of michigan produce the best hockey players <laughs> you was waiting for that one. Huh? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I, could, I couldn't wait to ask her. I really could. You know, with with all respect to Chris Chelios, whom I love, but you know, Mike Madonna, you know, Dylan Larkin, a young star. You met a bunch of you know, the Red Wings have I think five guys from Michigan on their team. So so when you step onto the ice, are you thinking in that crucial point? You know, you're on there and you're thinking, God. I hope the other skaters are all from Michigan out there because that's what we really need. We need that vibe, that state, for whatever reason, you know, they're the best. You know, we, Ma Like Megan Keller, superstar. We had the most um, people from Minnesota on our team last year, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, like seven or eight. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Michigan still produced the best hockey players, though. Michigan is... is Hockey Town USA, so what can really? you say about really? that? See, see Danny, you're, you're starting to learn it. Yeah, you're getting playing the game pretty yeah. good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Alex, you're just not buying it, no. it sounds like. You know? I mean, Michigan was always big opponents of ours growing up. I hated playing against Honeybaked and Compuware, Little Caesars. They're always competitive games, so there's always that battle growing up. Really? It sounds so, like it's because they were so good. It was always <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I think so, too. Boy, Danny is scoring points with the Michigan crowd, I'll say that. Um, let's get to this game, and then I really want to get into a little bit of your background, how, how you know, becoming world-class athletes and, and hockey players. Uh, it always seems whenever Team USA and Team Canada get together, and this could be me, uh, either it's World Cup or whatever kind of competition, you always have these, like, you know, in soccer they call them friendlies or these exhibition kind of games. Why does it always seem that more games are played in Canada than in the United States? I mean, you get the last game here in Detroit, but... Uh, would you rather have it that way? I mean, are you looking forward to the two games? I, you know, I, I know one's in Toronto, and I, I don't know if the other one's in Hamilton or Ottawa. I, I should know that. I, I apologize. Uh, and, then, and then you come here to Detroit. I mean, is that, uh, you know, would you want to start? Scotty Bowman always wanted to start a playoff series on the road. He thought it was at an advantage. You will be on the road in this best of three. 
I mean, we're just saving the best for last, yeah. right? Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, actually, you just picked it up. I mean, you know, uh, Danny had all, all, the whole crowd was for her. And now, oh, Alex, there you go. Yeah, save the best for last. But, I mean, is there... Is there something to that? I mean, because, you know, unfortunately, I would assume the crowds in Canada are probably a little more into it than the United States crowds because it's the United States. And, you know, it takes a lot to get people engaged in anything in this country. And I'm speaking as an American, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, you know, what is that like for you? I mean, you know, when, when you hit the ice here at, at, at Little Caesars Arena, you're going to be, you know, hell-bent for leather because you're finally on U.S. <laughs> soil. Yeah, I think we get pretty fired up for, for home games and, and being on home soil in front of our fans is going to be really exciting. But I think it's pretty easy to get fired up for away games, too. I remember we were playing, I don't remember where it was, in our, our series before the Olympics last year, and we were beating them so badly and had possession mm -hmm. that we were actually... Quebec City. Quebec, that's, what, that's yeah. where it was. They were booing. We don't know if they were booing us or they were booing their own team because... We were kind of just like skating around and like passing the puck to each other at the end of the game, just trying really? to keep possession. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was like pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> really. What now? What's it like in the arenas there, especially in you know French Canadians? I mean, do, are they allowed to smoke in the arena because they're constantly <laughs> smoke? I mean, was there a lot of smoke? I mean, were you you know was it? Uh, <laughs> did you ever notice that? There I mean, were no clouds of smoke. No. 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 All right. Well, good. Yeah, that was good. And then they toned it down. Uh, all right, now let's move to, um, to this game specifically. Uh, this series, it's a little bit different. I, I, I assume that most people would think that we're seeing like the United States Olympic team or, you know, remnants of that. But it's, it is, you know, I mean, obviously you both were, were, were Olympians, but, I, but I'm kind of curious if you can explain to the fans what kind of Team USA are they seeing when, uh, on, uh, on Sunday afternoon? Here at Little Caesars Arena. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's a like a it's considered post grad um, team. So we take a lot of college players out of school, very significantly throughout the year. Um, so they miss games with their own teams and miss school. And um, this was kind of just added in recently too. So um, pretty last second. But so everyone on the team is are people who graduated from college for this. Tournament. And you both have graduated from both. college? Yep, yep, yep. Really? What did you get your degrees in? Danny, what did you get um, your degrees in? Business and finance. Okay. Or was communications. They all. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I took a radio class. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty elaborate setup here, huh? Yeah. I'm sure you're pretty Very impressed fancy. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad, you, too bad it's a podcast. You can't really see it, but, you know, this is really big time. Yeah. And so... Uh, so you're so you every so have you played with a lot of these women before either on a national team or against or in college or are you familiar or will this team have to come together pretty quickly? Um, I was looking at the roster recently and there's only I think three players I could be wrong three players that had never been on the national team before so it's a lot of players who we've had in the pool um, were part of our team before leading up to the Olympic team. Um, so it's a group that we're very familiar with and we get together for quite a bit of camps and you know tryouts throughout the year so we get to see these players play with these players at camps um, but yeah this will be their first national team experience so excited for them as well well now when you when this team comes together and even though because you said they're coming from all over the country different various colleges everyone has a degree and uh, 
do you do you become leaders? Are you vocal? Do you because you know you've been through it? You know you're you're accomplished players. Not that the whole team isn't, but I mean you know you've you've actually you know have some things on your resume, uh, you know gold medals and things. I mean, do you do you are you compelled to to be leaders on this team? To maybe somebody who's their first time or doesn't have quite the experience, do you become? Do you, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that, do you feel that, are you compelled to let them know what they're getting themselves into? Yeah, I think it's really important um, for people who have experience to become leaders because we've all been in that position before where it's our first time and it's, it's pretty nerve wracking and, and can be scary or you're just really excited and need to kind of figure out how to control those emotions and just go out there and play how you know how to play. And, and so I think that's really important just to, for everyone to lead in their own ways, whether that's talking or um, um, through your work ethic or whatever it might be, I think that's really important, especially for a team that's coming together so quickly out of our um, other seasons. Like there's some people meeting us in London, Ontario on Monday and we're getting in pretty late on Sunday. So we only have a practice and a pregame skate before our first game. So it's gonna be- Oh, so it's in London. Yep, London, Ontario, and then Toronto. Then Toronto, and then so, is there an American system of hockey? I mean, I get into this question with Jeff Flashel all the time. That when the development program was founded in Ann Arbor, now it's in Plymouth. The goal was is to bring all the best hockey players, American hockey players, together, teach them a system. So when they go their separate ways, whether it's pros or college or or Europe, when they come together on a national team, they've all kind of had the same upbringing, the same system. Jeff says that hockey today, everybody plays the same system, which is the NHL system. And you know, some teams have, or some some countries have differently. Uh, are are you all kind of on the same page where you really don't need because you're you're such high caliber athletes that you really don't need a whole lot of. Uh, let's get to know each other or let's practice. We know once we hit the ice what we're going to do. We're going to play the way Americans play. Yeah, we had a we have a new coaching staff that we're really excited about. Um, and so I think for them, to, they've gone a majority of us on the same page. So I think Danny can speak more on that, on kind of, <laughs> you know, a few things that they're tweaking here and there. Yeah, I, I think that was a pretty important. We, we have a um, winter camp that we go to. And so we spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, but before our games, making sure that we all knew those kinds of those systems and are playing that in the tryout or in the games. So um, I think we're all pretty much on the same page. And like you said, hockey um, is, is pretty common sense for everyone. Everyone pretty much plays the same game. So when you come together, it's really easy to, for everyone to mesh really well and pretty much know the systems and know what's going on. Uh Unlike a lot of times where Team USA, because of amateur status or whatever, always seem to be have the short end of the stick, that all these other teams they seem to play were like professionals in their own country and you know have been together forever and you know you've got you know young people 18 to 22 playing against you know actual adults, people that have been you know 30, 40. But this is this is a team. Canada is pretty much in the same boat you are as well, right? I mean, this is this is going to be two teams that at least, you know, talent level probably fairly equal. You're the two best teams in the world. Um, uh, but they're also going to be with mostly, I guess, postgraduate people too. Yeah, they're in the same boat as us. Um, I mean, for both leagues this weekend, they 
both leagues have games, so both teams are getting their players arriving on, you know, Sunday night, and we have our first game on Tuesday. So um, they also have postgraduates, so I think there was kind of, you know, a handshake behind the scenes being like, yep, we're only bringing postgrads. No college players are coming. So um, I just think it's a great opportunity, too, for, like, the older players who've never been a part of the national team, who've, you know, been at camps or haven't been in the program for a while, can get back in and, um, you know, play a series again, too. You know, the evolution of women's sports in this country has been extraordinary. I mean, I think I told you earlier today when, when you were in the Red Wing room meeting some of the fellas that, you know, I, I believe when I was in high school, it was women's basketball, women's softball, and swimming. That was basically, you know, it. There was, you know, the, heck, they just started to play high school hockey back then. I'm really dating myself. But, I mean, but I guess my question is, when you two, you know, you're very young ladies, when you, when you were coming up, I mean, you had – an array of things. Why did you choose hockey? Yeah, I think like you had mentioned before, we had won the first Olympics 20 years ago and then just won now 20 years later. And for a lot of us, we were watching those Olympics when we were younger and we watched Team USA win a gold medal. And um, that kind of started our love for the game. And um, especially for me specifically, my brother played hockey too. And I pretty much followed him around and did whatever he did. So. Um, when he put skates on, I put skates on. You never felt that you weren't getting a fair shake. You know what I mean? That you, there was opportunity in hockey for you, Alex. I mean, when you decide this is what I wanted to do, you had an outlet to actually do it. Yeah, I actually um, I grew up playing boys hockey. Just didn't even think twice about it. Um, at the time, there weren't as many opportunities for um, women or young girls to be playing. So it was always, yep, I'm going to play hockey. And... I'm playing with the boys, that's just how it was, and um, like Danny said, the women had won, and at the time that they won in 1998, I was six years old, and wow. that became my dream. That was the first time where I'm like, wow, girls play hockey. Um, and so then as I got older, then it became, okay, I can play D1 college, and then, you know, I ended up at, Wis at Wisconsin playing there, and obviously so thankful for the opportunities, and looking back now, um, you know, I'm 27 years old, and going to the rinks, and, and seeing all the young girls that are playing today with the opportunities that they have and the different teams and them being able to go and, you know, change in the same locker room as their teammates and like, you know, be with them. It's such a, such a cool thing to see just the sport growing and just all the opportunities. And we hope that, um, you know, as players on the national team that we can kind of be that, that um, you know, piece that people can look up to and be like, wow, that, that could be me someday and I could have that opportunity. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, did you, was the first, all women's team you played on when you became a Badger or yep. so you, so up until that point up until college you were playing with men or yep. bo boys yeah I was playing um, I played through midget majors triple-a hockey so came up to Michigan quite a bit to play the boys triple-a teams up here and um, yeah the f I played part-time for two teams when I was u12 I played like nine games with the, the girls team and then I went to state regionals nationals and both times we became runner-ups and it was funny because back then playing on those two girls teams I played with Amanda Kessel who's on our team oh yeah Brianna Decker oh wow and Kendall Coyne so us three we all played on those part team part-time teams while we also had our boys teams that we were playing on as well well now I, I mean you know I, I would imagine just because of the evolution of the way the sport is playing on a men's team probably helped you immensely because you know they 
they got all the perks, so to speak, especially, you know, at one time. I mean, so uh, did you ever feel, um, was there any bigotry or, or people against you or, you know, hey, you're, you know, you're a girl or a woman playing? I mean, did you have to put up with, uh, with some guff or was everybody pretty cool about it? Um, I was really fortunate. The teams that I played on, I had coaches who believed in me. I had teammates who believed in me and they viewed me as their sister. I viewed them as my brothers and it was just a really great relationship. I'm friends with so many of them that I played with growing up. But um, the worst part was having random coaches come up to me or, you know, random people just being like you know you're not gonna be able to play midget minor boys next year like you need to go play girls or it's hey you're not gonna get seen by any college coaches you need to go play girls and so it kept being like a, no I'm gonna I'm doing this like I, there's no reason I can't keep playing um, and I was really lucky too because my mom she was like my biggest advocate right and she's like nope you're gonna you're gonna try out for these teams you're gonna you know, like we'll make this work and you know I was really lucky just to have coaches that lead me along the way and, and helped get me to the next level. So, And then it all worked out. I had D1 college men's coaches telling the women's programs and, and whatnot that I was at these tournaments and stuff like that. So, Wow. So, um, yeah, well, that's great. I mean, that, 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 you know, that's a good story to hear. Yeah. All right, Danny. <laughs> I, mean, I was lucky. <laughs> you, you know, were you as fortunate or did you find that, gosh, I really want to be a hockey player and sometimes there's like uh, these roadblocks or was it kind of you know I'm not going to say smooth sailing Alex but you know it was you know it was a nice little journey for for Alex how about yours yeah I guess you could say mine was pretty similar like all the people on my team and my coaches were again like really great to me and and if anyone out there touched me, they basically would come down the bench and say who hit you and would get their number and go out there and help me out. But there were a few times, yeah. Um, I didn't hear until later, though, um, from my parents that, like, people were targeting me. And there was one time one guy on the other team targeted me and, like, came and ran me and gave really? me a concussion. And then my parents later on told me that, like, parents in the stands would say things like, because I would have a ponytail out. my I, I never hit it. I didn't feel the need to or, or um, anything like that. But I guess, like, parents were yelling how I shouldn't be out there and all this stuff. So you and played with, with, with boys, too? I did play with boys, yeah. When did you start? When you got to national team or college, when you played on an all-women's team? I switched team over in high school. So I had, like, two concussions from boys hockey, and at that point I had stopped growing, and then all the boys started getting really big, so my parents wanted to switch me over before. I clarify, you didn't stop growing because of the concussions. No, I, <laughs> I used to be really tall. Like, I was this tall in sixth grade, and then I just stopped. But, no, not from the concussions. But in, in Minnesota, high school hockey is really big, and, and we were very fortunate enough to have um, a really big um, – fan base and every school pretty much had high school girls hockey and so we know that that boys or guys can be jerks right I mean I think we're all in agreement there um, but how was it for you how did other girls or women treat you because you were doing something not you know it wasn't the norm shall we say not not normal but not the norm you know like like they were you know planning whatever they were planning uh or playing you know whatever they were doing or whatever their you know 
did did you find more? I, this is a bad word. But I get what you're like saying. Like resistance yeah. from yeah. women more I than men be, for what you because you decided you want to play hockey. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of that with like in middle school and high school where you know like my friend group was like, well, why can't you come to the school dance? Why can't you have a sleepover? And I'm like, I'm traveling to Michigan. I'm going to Toronto. I'm traveling all over the country and. And so we had games, and so I'd miss a lot of that stuff, and people didn't understand it. And, you know, definitely like a tomboy growing up and, you know, loved to be outside playing sports and, and stuff like that. So I definitely had the resistance from, you know, girls in my own grade. Um, they didn't understand it. They didn't understand why I put so much time and focus into hockey. And, and that kind of consumed, not consumed my life, but, you know, that was my main focus. That's what I loved to do. I played so many different sports, but hockey was always the sport I wanted to play. So um, definitely never felt that way really with, um, you know, women, like adults. Um, I know my mom said the same thing. She did have a couple parents would come up to her and be like, your daughter shouldn't be playing for that team and blah, blah, blah. And my mom's like, Really? No, like... <laughs> really? I She's stopping your son out there. <laughs> Danny, did you have that too? I mean, like, it was more, if you were catching anyone's ire, it was more from, you know, your 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 fellow gender people, like women or, or girls who just couldn't get it, whereas, you know, boys, even though they're jerks, were, uh, were, were you know, more, you know, accepting. Yeah, I, I mean, all the guys were, like, my best friends growing up, and, like, I was in their friend group, so I think when... I was a bit younger. Um, I think girls like wanted to befriend me because I was friends with all the cute boys <laughs> that they wanted to hang out with. Um, but I did receive a little bit more backlash when I was in high school. And even though I had switched over to girls hockey at that point, I had just like like you said, spent so much time invested in that and and going to practices and doing extra stuff and working out. And I didn't care to go to school dances. I would have rather have been in the tournaments that I had been signed up for and I didn't care about going to parties and doing that stuff because at that point I knew hockey was what I wanted to do and what I, I had a future in hopefully and um, at that point was like looking into colleges and, and that kind of stuff I didn't really care about so it was more then that people kind of started to shy away from me or just I don't know they didn't understand I yeah. guess is, is more like it. Right, so, so there, I guess with success, there's always a price to pay. It sounds like, and I'm not trying to put words in either one's of your mouth, that maybe from a social aspect, people just didn't understand sometimes why you chose to do what you chose to do when, you know, the, you know, it was homecoming and the theme was, you know, red and blue or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, like you two probably weren't into that, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't relate. I, I mean, that's uh, after college professional hockey what kind of avenue do women hockey players have now I know they're trying there's a professional league and some play and there's drafts and all that but it still seems to obviously be heck the, the NHL is still considered to be a regional sport at times I uh, how do you you know do you see this as a, as a great future or do you eventually have to say I'm gonna have to hang the blades up as a competitor and maybe start coaching or what, what, what avenue are you really looking at what opportunities do you have to continue this sport as a player and then maybe beyond um, we have a great opportunity right now as being part of um, you know members of the national team and we're able to um, focus on our training thanks to um, USA Hockey and supporting us and um, you know I think it's really cool to see 
kind of the leagues that are coming up. Um, you know, ideally it'd be nice to have one league so it could be more competitive for us. But um, we have the two leagues right now for the Canadian Women's Hockey League and the National Women's Hockey League. And so um, a lot of players can continue to go from college hockey on to playing on these professional teams. And so um, for us, when we're not with the national team, we're with one of these professional leagues as well. Um, but yeah, so I think it's it's been a great opportunity for us so far. I mean, um, growing up, I don't know if I would have really pictured myself being 27 and continuing to play hockey. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, to really look back on that is really cool um, just to see how far the sports come. So obviously I want to keep playing as long as I can, and, you know, as long as I can keep making the team and my body holds up. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity for us. Same for you. I mean, I, I, I mean, the, the, I know Alex pretty much answered it, but, <laughs> did, but do you but do you look at it that way that, you, that that there is opportunity and you know I guess from I mean can you make a fair living doing it I mean you know because because you're world class athletes you're the top in your field is there is there that kind of opportunity where you know because I, I would feel terrible that you've invested your whole life into this and you're you're you you play for the national team you're winning gold medals you're here going to be here in Detroit on the 17th playing Team Canada you know and it's going to be because it's a border city you know you're going to have the, the Canadians screaming the Americans screaming it's going to be a wonderful atmosphere and two re really good high end teams but can you can you make a living from it you know what I'm saying I mean because what do you have to say gosh. I still have more to give. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, I may have to actually go to work, you know, and do something else. I mean, not I'm not knocking it, but do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because it just seems that, you know, coming from a, you know a man's perspective, you know, the, you know, Chris Chelios played till he was like a hundred. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, sorry, Chelly, I know I've thrown two digs your way this time, but but <laughs> but I'm kind of uh, I'm just kind of curious. You know, because you know, you you see, you know, you have passion for it. you your whole life. This is who you are. Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting a little melodramatic here. So excuse me, but I mean, how is it? I mean, is there is is it is it really a viable lifestyle for you? Yeah, unfortunately for us, in back in 2017, um, 16. 16, was it 16? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it seems so Time long ago. Um, we um, went through a boycott actually. Um, to receive stipends. Right, right. I, well, I remember yeah. that. I, and it, that was great because it, it seemed like the whole country rallied behind you. I mean, yeah. everybody agreed with what you were doing. Yeah, so now, like as you said, it, it is a viable option for us. And, and we have the ability to um, kind of dedicate our lives to, to hockey and playing the game that we love and, and being put in positions where um, we can succeed better and, and not have to have jobs on the side and be able to train and compete like world-class athletes. Yeah, like even for, um, you know, up until 2016, we had to have jobs. I mean, people were coaching, people, like I personally had a job with a management consulting company, not even anything to do with sports, and yeah. I was working. And so um, the leagues were around then, and I, after college, I'm like, I can't move and play in this league. Like, I have this job, I need to to work, make money, and then I'm going to train here in Madison. And so now that we're receiving these stipends and we're getting so much support from USA Hockey and the USOC that um, it allows us to play on these different leagues. So both Danny and I actually have very hectic schedules where we live in a different state than where the team that we're playing on lives. But uh, the reason we're able to do that is because we're not having to get jobs on the side. We're able to get supported with our training and then go play for these professional teams as well. So you live in Wisconsin? Yep, I live in Wisconsin. I play for a team in Calgary. 
Calgary. Yeah. Now, when you're in Alberta, when you're in Calgary playing, do you say Calgary or do you say Calgary? <laughs> I, do, I say Calgary. Cal- Calgary. Well, they know you're an American oh then, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So you don't say Calgary? No, I do not. Yeah, we had Mike Green yesterday calling it because he grew up in Calgary. Oh we had him saying Calgary, even though we know he says Calgary. Uh, all right, Danny. Live in Minnesota? Live in Minnesota. Play in, play in Buffalo. Buffalo, New York? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same. <laughs> I mean, climate-wise, right? I mean, yeah, you know, a yeah. lot of snow and yeah. stuff. Minnesota beat them for for cold in the past week, but yep. So, yeah, well, Minnesota beat, like, the entire the world entire, in yeah, cold. Yeah, we did. We like. beat Antarctica. Were you, yeah, were you, <laughs> were you there, or did you say, I'm not coming back? No, hey, Mom and Dad. I I'm, was in Minnesota, yep. Really? Yeah. Wow, well, layered? Is that is that the way yeah, to go? Yeah, yeah. Put boots on my dogs. They couldn't go outside without them on. You had put boots on yeah, your dogs? Yeah, it was so cold. They would, like, fall to the ground and lift their paws up. They couldn't walk on the snow. Uh, you think they were just trying to get extra treats? <laughs> we didn't <laughs> give them so treats. They were, they were probably more upset we were putting boots on them. Really? Jeez, all right. Well, okay. So, you know, first of all, I'm glad that, that there's leagues and that you have an option where you can pursue your dreams. What are we going to see? Now, this, you're going to be through. This is the third game. I don't know how the first two are going to turn out. I kind of think you're both. You're going to win. You know, you'll be up two nothing on on the Canadians, and you know they're going to be. You know, this is it. This is their last shot at you. Noon face off. Everybody's going to be coming from you know services, and uh, you know so you're going to have kind of maybe a little more of a reflective crowd early on, and then bam, you know, Team Canada, Team USA going at it. You know, you're laughing away. You, you have your defenseman protecting you, so you're just trash-talking away. I, I, I mean, what are we going to see on the ice that day I, besides a dominant USA victory? <laughs> besides that, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a really intense game. Um, it's really physical, like we were saying before. Um, everyone just like puts everything on the line. When it's USA versus Canada, we, we both want bragging rights, I guess, to some extent, and it's going to be really intense. We're... The atmosphere here is going to be pretty electric, I think, which is going to uh, feel really good for us. Hopefully we'll, we'll hear a few USA chants and um, really get that feel going. But it, I think it's going to be really intense. They're always really, really exciting games to watch, as people have seen in the past Olympics. It's, it's going to be really great. Just looking forward to it, I would imagine. Oh, I can't wait for it. I mean, the, the thing that's great about it, too, is that we don't have that many opportunities to play, like, at this high of a level with these intensive games. And so when you get that opportunity, like Danny said, like, you leave everything out on the line there. And so um, it's like playoff hockey. You're giving it all. Uh, you want the bragging rights. Uh, you want to go in. We're going to be wanting to go into world championships with, you know, three wins under our belt. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. You know, Team Canada, Team USA, you're the two best teams in the world. I mean, almost like by far. I mean, you know, watching the Olympics, preliminary things, I mean, is it, but in order, I would imagine you want other countries to be good. I mean, you want to have more than just the Canadian rivalry. Is there, you know, have you been impressed with some teams as, uh, you know, I, I know every time I open up the, the, the sports pages, it seems like there's another either Canadian or American hockey person going to China. 
you know, because they want to learn how to play, you know, hockey. Uh, are there some up-and-coming teams besides that, you know, it's like, hey, Americans, I know it's Canada, it's always going to be Canada, but look out for Team France or Team Germany or, you know, Team Zimbabwe, I, you know, wherever. Yeah, uh, Team Finland's always really good, and, and they have a, a ton of really great players, and um, they're always pretty tough to get past, too, in, in Sweden. And, and like you said, people going over to China, like that's a part of growing the game, too. It's not just growing in our country. It's growing the game all over the world so that someday there are com like competitive games against every single country we play. Do you find – so – just besides Canada, you know, you can't wait to get on the ice against Finland, or you just can't wait to compete, Alex. I mean, how's how is that for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's we look we get so excited when we can get together um, and we can play any sort of game, and um, you know, I think you'll see that we bring it for every single game, and um, you have to have that professional mindset where. You know, you can't take any team lightly. You have to be ready for every game, and it's just going to – every game that you play is just going to prepare you for the next one. So um, not like you can look too far ahead, but, um, you know, I think, like Danny said, the you know, the greatest thing is seeing the other countries come up and, you know, continue to grow their um, – you know, the, grow their program and to see these players coming over and playing in the different leagues that we have now and playing in college hockey and getting, you know, more D1 athletes for, out of – you know, these other countries I think is going to be really huge as well for the growing of, you know, the intensity of the whole tournament. You know, it's very easy for me to predict victory, and I've got you guys winning all three games. Um, would, would you like to uh, make any kind of prediction? Do you want to give Team Canada some bulletin board material and just say, hey, they don't have a chance? I mean, go ahead. No. Bulletin board material is never good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not commenting on that in any way. Why don't you just laugh then? <laughs> I, I will, maybe. <laughs> no, they're, uh, they're going to be really competitive games, all three of them. And that's, like, I think what is so exciting is is every time we get on the ice, or you're, there's no saying, like, which team's going to win. And, and it really just all comes down to that game and what happens in those three periods. Uh I guess nothing beats representing your country. We hear it. I know it sounds corny, but, uh, and I've told this story before, when the U.S. development team started, Jeff Jackson brought me into the room in Ann Arbor at the Cube there, and he had the locker room with those Team USA jerseys lined up in the stalls, you know, individually, and it was overwhelming. You know, I didn't expect to see it. I can only imagine to actually put that on, put that, you know, the sweater on and then go out there and represent your country. Does it sink in? Is it something? Or are you still, every time you put it on, are you a little overwhelmed or are you just so, let's just get out there and beat whomever? Yeah, I, I think pretty much every time I put that jersey on, I, I feel like the little kid I was when I was younger and, and just being able to represent your country and wear the red, right, white, and blue. Whenever you put that jersey on, there's just this this different like feeling. It's it's such an honor and it's really humbling and um, it it really never gets old. And that's why like no matter who you're playing um, in these tournaments, it's you're representing your country and and what can be better than that? And and what, when you are representing your country, you always wanna wanna give it your all and play your best. Alex, anything to add or do you think Danny's pretty much said it? 
She said it. I mean, it's something, too, that you just never want to take for granted. Um, you never know when you're going to have the opportunity to put on a jersey again. Um, so that moment of time, you kind of take it all in. And like you said, you, you think about the little the little girl in you that's, you know, wanted to get to this point someday. And um, I'll never forget the first time I ever put on a USA jersey. Um, that was one of the coolest moments, um, kind of just took a second or two to really kind of be like, oh my gosh, like, here it is. Um, so it's it's such an honor to represent, um, you know, our country and every time. It never gets old. Well, I'm looking forward to the game on the 17th. I, I will be here because the Red Wings play at 6. I think they're going to have a morning skate anyway over at the Belfort Center. But uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I just want to, you know, thank both of you for being – Olympians being part of the United States national team it can't be it can't get any better than that when you're on the national team of the sport that you play I, I truly believe that I mean whether you know you go on and win you know professional championships or whatever what you're doing right now has got to be really the pinnacle for you uh, I really really appreciate your time I know I was screwing around a little bit I do apologize <laughs> I do apologize for that thank you very much for being here I really appreciate it Alex uh, Rigsby and Danny Kamenisi